This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, Maras, how's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 14, and as always, I like to keep the good vibes up. And to do that, I have this little thing I do called the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast. really enjoys ice cream. Aston Vanilla. Yep. Yep. Aston Vanilla. I don't think that one needs explaining. That one's pretty straightforward. I hope you enjoyed the Blue Army Podcast joke of the week. As I said before, this is episode 14. We have back-to-back match reports with our favourite guest, Wills, this week. So without... Further ado, let's kick off the match reports. Alright, Maras, welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 14. We made it past the unlucky 13, but we were tarnished with the unlucky 13 brush. As for the second game in a row, I have the delight to talk about a nil nil draw which isn't the best thing for an audio based entertainment um content i suppose to have to describe nil nil draws but to get us through this task i am joined by everybody's favorite guest wills is here wills how you doing mate you're all right thank you for joining me yeah i'm not doing bad skelly how are you doing I am doing okay. Just about ju- adjusting to getting back to work. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> right, mate. As per tradition on the Blue Army podcast, I will start with the Carlisle United's start at 11, this time for the game against Port Vale in goal. Paul Farman in goal. Uh, Divine kept his position out there on the um, on the right. Hayden, McDonald and Armour made up the rest of the defence. Riley, Guy and Mellish in the midfield. Patrick, Zanzala and Alessandra 
up front. Now, the start of the 11 was unchanged from the Newport game. I personally believe that Tanner is a little bit unfortunate to miss out. I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong to have to miss two games in a row, but I don't think Danny Devine necessarily did anything wrong against Newport either to deserve getting ditched out of the start and 11. Do you have any opinions on, on Devine playing out there at the, in the fullback position? Yeah, he's, he's done well and I can see why he's been kept in the squad for the next match because, you know, you want to kind of encourage that sort of performance. I mean, long term, you'd still want to see Tanner back to his best. You know, um, I think we played well enough against Newport already so we defended well enough to justify continuing with the same back four. Yeah, consistency probably being key there and Divine obviously looking for some match fitness because he's just coming back off injury. You're not going to get it in your first uh, your first game back. You're going to have to have a couple of bounces, aren't you, at getting your match sharpness back. So it's it's it felt about right. It was a little bit of a surprise, I'll be honest, because like I said, Tanner hasn't necessarily done anything wrong, but I wouldn't drop armor at all ever. So yeah. <laughs> And we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Armour later on, actually. I do want to talk about him. Uh, Carlisle started the game pretty well. Uh, the first sort of 15 minutes, we had the majority of the ball and a rarity from Carlisle, a free kick in which we had a shot and we hit the post. I was quite surprised. I normally patiently wait for Carlisle to uh, get ready and, and put together a set piece and for everybody to sort of be picked up by the man. And, and all of a sudden we had a little shot and, and it sort of bounced and, and hit the post. Um, quite exciting stuff. It was nice to see Callum Guy having a crack, maybe a little bit too far out on this occasion to take the shot. Maybe it would have been better off if he delivered it this time round. But a uh, bit of excitement from, uh, from Guy having a shot. Uh, what did you think about uh, the changing things up again on the set pieces. Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, we've made a few uh, quick starts to matches this season. So it, I felt it was kind of like I was trying to get back to that. And I think we've scored more goals in the first 15 minutes than anyone else. Or I think Port Vale are actually second to us or something like that. It's a strength that we had earlier on in the season. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to see it's sort of starting to come back now. Carlo continued to have a pretty good start to the game with the most of the ball. There was a couple of shots, uh, one notably from outside the area from Riley. That was quite nice. There was another attempted shot from Riley, I think, that just was uh, was was blocked before it had a chance to necessarily look overly threatening. Guy was showing good delivery again from his free kicks. There was an opportunity for McDonald to rise up and head a the ball somehow I'm not sure what happened there he ended up jumping and hitting the ball with the back of his head I don't know if the ball maybe got caught by the wind and started sort of swerving behind him or maybe he he mistimed his run slightly and had to had to adjust it would have been a point blank header if he timed his uh he timed his run right Port Vale grew more into the game after that moment I think that was a little bit of a wake-up call for them and things started to look a little bit more even between the two sides and uh, Paul Farman was forced into making a couple of really uh, good saves actually um Paul Farman seems to be uh, one of those topics that keeps coming up on our podcast and um, mm. I think I might have something to clear up here I recently received some direct messages and by the way I'd like to encourage direct messages I I do like to have talking points for the show and those kind of discussions do help me especially when I've got a nil-nil draw to talk about I have criticized or at least been perceived to have criticized 
Farman in the past. I just want to clear up that I don't dislike Farman. I think Farman is a very good goalkeeper. Um, if anything, I feel like I've praised him more than I've criticised him on, on the show. My real opinion on Farman is that, do I think he's going to be here next year? And I don't necessarily think he is going to be here next year. I think he's going to get snapped up. I think somebody in League One is going to take a chance on him. Uh, just because, you know, there's, there's enough teams in League One that have a goalkeeper on loan this season. And with Farman's stats, I just I can, see, I can just see him getting snapped up. I know that he's um, apparently a relatively local lad. He's got family around the, this area or at least up north. But I just feel like he's going to move on. And that's maybe came across like I'm criticising him and I don't necessarily like him as a player. I just want to clear that up right now. That's not true. I do like him as a player. I just think he's not going to be here next season because his stats will get noticed by many a team in leagues above us and they could quite easily double his wage and snap him up. And Marcus Norman has the two-year contract. Okay, Whew, that's off my shoulders, Will. Yeah, do you, feel, do you feel better to have cleaned that up? I do, I do, actually, I do. Have you got, have you got anything you'd like to add about, about farming, mate? Nothing you'd like to add? Um, no, no, just uh, agree with what you said. So the reason Paul Farman did catch my attention was after Port Vale had a shot that went wide of the post, which was, I think, all of their shots in the first half, to be completely honest. Yeah, he was running. It was run- there was there was like one there was like one good save, but most of them went 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 by went past the post, and yeah, he was running to collect the ball, and that was that's what really caught my attention was what he was he was he was running to get the ball back for the goal kicks to get Carlisle back on the front foot again. Yeah, the work rate was really impressing me, and then that's kind of one of the reasons why it stuck in my head, and then also the fact that somebody crawled into my DMs and I tried to have a bit of a go at me about it, which yeah. is fair enough. I'll put my hands up. I've listened to what I've said back and it is fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the Paul Farman saga. And let's put it to bed. We've only got five games left. Let's try I'm going to yeah. try my best not to bring him up again. <laughs> I, think he's had, I think he's had enough attention from us. Yeah. Uh, John Mellish had a good moment where he sort of twist and turned and, 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 and got a shot off. Uh, that was pretty good. And then there was an incident with Zanzala... Uh, did you did you see the incident? Was 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 there a bit of a stray boot from Zanzala there as, as he was trying to get up? I don't necessarily think there was any malice in it, but there was definitely a, a flailing boot. What did you yeah, see? This is the one in the penalty area. Um, and did yeah. the referee give a free kick to Port Vale in the end? In the end, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't book. Did he book Zanzala at the same time, or he didn't book Zanzala? Uh, I don't think he booked anybody no, at the time. I um no yeah I, I remembered it and I thought kind of like I can see why you know I don't think Zanzala's done anything wrong there I don't think he was trying for the penalty but I think it's quite incensed that he ends up with a free kick going against him for just what really looked like a bit of a tangle mm-hmm. I mean they were they, they obviously they knew what they were doing from the set yeah. pieces they put the uh, number 11 Montanio, uh, I'm probably saying that incredibly wrong, and I do apologise to him. Um, but he is a right uh, a right winger from the looks of the oh, yeah. formation that they played out. Maybe a right wing back uh, because they yeah. play a, black, a, a back three. Um, it's a bit odd to have a right winger or a right wing back marking uh, the sort of central forward. So they were obviously matching him up with the biggest man that they had for the set pieces. So there was mm. obviously uh, a game plan. Montanio, the number 11 for Port Vale, was told to stay on Zanzala for the set pieces because yeah. he was the biggest, strongest player to sort of counteract that. And when two big, you know, 
Adonis is, Hosses or however you want to say it, are on the pitch together and they're marking each other. A little bit of competition might have spilled out a little bit. I watched the incident back a few times and tried to sort of get a grasp on what the referee was trying to say um, or what the incident was about. I think no yellow card was the right decision. There wasn't really any real contact. Um, I feel like it was just a clumsy accident. Both players went to ground. It was a little bit of a tangle. I think maybe the uh, Port Vale defender left a little bit in the way of lingering over Zanzala. So Zanzala just couldn't stand straight up again. Sort of left Mm. a little bit of a mental mark on him, perhaps. And and then Zanzala um, accidentally hit him with or caught him with his with his boot as he was as he was trying to get up and and that's that's what the referee saw and and that's why the game sort of came to a bit of a a bit of a pause for a couple of minutes Mm. there while it all got sorted out there was a chance later on in the half for Carlisle Jack Armour's delivery into the box just wasn't wasn't finished very well by the attacker Jack Armour for me probably is the most improved player this season in a Carlisle United mm-hmm. shirt. Do you have anything to do? do you, is, is that your opinion as well? Would you share that? Do you have anyone else in your, in your head? Well, but for me, the delivery has just, yeah. wow. It's just, it's just gone from strength to strength. Every game he's yeah. played. Improved from the start of the season, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like definitely for the player who came in and was he 19 when he came in or was he 18? But you didn't think he was going to feature that much. You thought he was maybe somebody who'd, perhaps get the odd game, uh, but be a backup and probably a backup that you, that you don't really want to use that often because of his age. Um, but, you know, he has kind of done, he's done really well whenever he's been brought into this into the team. And there's been the odd question about will he be able to keep it up at his age? Um, listen on Radio Cumbria and Chris Lumsden was just kind of adding that caveat every time that like, you know, a player his age, you know, it'll be, it'll still be a bit inconsistent. He'll have good games and he'll have bad games in a year. You know, we shouldn't get on his back if he, you know, he'll, he'll go through a spell where it's just not working for him. But you know, he's he's not really gone through that kind of spell. So, yeah, I mean, definitely going into next season, I think I can see him being like one of our big assets. Yeah, he'd definitely be somebody that I'd want to get signed up as soon as possible for next season. Uh, he's, he's, he's an absolute stayer in my Carlisle United 11 this season. So half-time whistle went, it's nil-nil. As I said, Port Vale were growing into the game and by the end of the first half, it was a pretty even contest. Coming out for the second half, there was a familiar face that joined uh, the Brunton Park pitch again. Uh, David Amu was back at Brunton Park. I can't believe how long he's been around. It feels like he's been around a very, very long time at this level. Do you have any favourite Amu moments? Oh, man, um, I can remember he's, he scored on his debut, I think. And, um, I mean, he was the top scorer in a relatively low-scoring season. <laughs> did, they have, did they have something like seven goals or something like that and he was our top scorer that's it yeah um, I mean he I remember him you know when he was good he was good um and this was in league one of course and sometimes he would just be like really reluctant to go past players but you know he looks like a stronger player since then 
and he's obviously a lot more experienced. And I know that he's a player that Port Vale really rate and one that their fans are keen to make sure they keep hold of. Yeah, I mean, I I I always thought he was a nice character. Um, I always thought it was funny when when the papers would quote him as being Carlisle United's top goal scorer during that season, and he only yeah. had like seven goals to his name. And it was like, don't don't say that. That makes it sound belittling. That's not that's not <laughs> a large tally. But anyway, I did. I always liked I liked the way he played. He was a proper trier. Not necessarily the most silky skilled person, but uh, he, mm. he could follow the game. He watched the game pretty well. The understanding of where the ball was going to go and trying to get the right side of his defender. But this is this is five, six years ago now. So obviously yeah. he's, he's a much more experienced head and probably quite a different player. Uh, so this, as I said, the second half kicked off. We got to see the lovely Amu come back to Brunton Park. The second half was definitely a more even contest um it was a bit more of a 50 50 affair there was uh unfortunately a moment early on in the second half when zanzala was forced to come off after having a bit of a knock now i haven't been able to see any news about it after the game when chris beach was asked about it he said he's gonna have to go and talk to the physio so obviously it was still quite Mm. fresh and nobody really knew what was going on so i hope um, nothing's nothing too bad's happened there. Have you got any 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 knowledge shed on the light of that? Do you know what sort of an injury um, it was? No, no, and I think you're right yeah. that like nothing's come out about it yet. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, could he start tonight? Is that still in the possibility, or is he at least ruled out for that? Maybe that maybe that has come out because there'll still be some kind of team news around about now if if he's not going to make it, I'd imagine. I think uh, Chris Beach is quite intelligent with the way that he likes to play the media. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I know that it's not a media circus or anything like that, yeah. but he will keep his cards close to his chest, just like he did mm. with the COVID results and didn't tell anybody exactly who yeah. had COVID. So he didn't want to let people know and let people plan for um, what they would perceive to be the replacement for Zanzala. Now, the replacement for Zanzala on this occasion was uh, Kiyodi. It was nice to see him back, but he had a lack of impact and he did play like somebody who is coming back from injury, who has signed a nice new contract at his parent club and only has five games left to go on loan here at Carlisle United. I don't think that he's necessarily going to risk himself in these last five games. He knows that he's going to get to go back uh, to his parent club and he has a new contract with his parent club. I just don't think we're going to see the same Kiyodi that we were used to seeing earlier on in the season. And uh, obviously he's going to lack match sharpness. So that's going to take him a couple of games to come back from, but there's just not enough games left. And I just don't think he's going to put himself around as much as he was earlier on in the season. Did you have any comments about Kiyodi's impact on the game once he came on? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he did look like a player that had been out for a while. There's, there's definitely that. Um, whether he will apply himself in the same way for the last five games, I think that might depend on, like, if we can stay in the playoff race, then... If if it comes to like two games left and it's in our hands or we've got a clear path where we can qualify for the playoffs, then you get to the point where every game's a cup final. 
then I think we, you know, we might be able to use Coyote in those games and see like much more of an impact from him. I think he'll be more fired up. Certainly, if we get into the playoffs, then I think I, th- I think he'd be more fired up. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if for the next three games, potentially going on to five, if we do drift out of playoff contention if the Coyote that we see in those games is just a little bit more off the boil. I mean, also the fact that Zanzala was doing so well and when he came off, even with Coyote on the pitch and what Coyote can do, we were kind of going to lose something because, I mean, Port Vale defended really well and it needed someone like Zanzala to, you know, who, who gets up in their faces to maybe potentially get us a breakthrough then of course Patrick went off as well and I think we sort of you know once um, Patrick and Zanzala were both off the pitch didn't really look like we were going to threaten their goal very much. It seemed like the game plan maybe changed uh, once Patrick came off the, a, a switch around and maybe the cohesion went a bit missing and and um, I think Toure was left sort of up front on his own for, for, for some periods of the game. There wasn't really any chances that I picked up on that were worth talking about, to be honest. There was a lot of half chances, uh, not a lot of clinical finishing, uh, not a lot of quality. Ball... Possession was pretty good. The way that Carlisle were knocking around the ball on certain occasions and trying to keep the ball was pretty good. But I wouldn't like to say it was a standard League Two game. It wasn't like a proper sloppy with loads of cards being given out and lots of like horrible challenges going in. The game was allowed to continue. I don't like to criticise the referees that much. But on this occasion, I feel like he could have given out a couple more yellow cards and maybe got more of a grip on the game. I didn't take a note of the official's name this time round. I would have realised if it was Trevor effing Kettle, though. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't Trevor Kettle. Do you think that it's the extremes in this league of the referee? They're either incredibly gung-ho with the cards or they're incredibly card shy but the ability to judge a challenge on its merit of not giving a yellow card or giving a yellow card is seems to be lacking from every referee at this level at the moment do you do you find the refereeing to ruin some of these games um i think we had a very good referee in the match against was it newport but um there's yeah there's been a few inconsistent referees and Uh, We've had referees as well who will punish fairly innocuous fouls, but then at the same time let more serious stuff go. Um, In the match the other day, there was a lot of shirt pulling from Port Vale. And okay, fair enough, the referee maybe can't see that because it's going on behind people's backs. So can't blame him too much for that. But he's got two linesmen who, you know, and... You would hope that somebody could have, like, you know, got on top of that and seen it because, you know, some of it was kind of like, you know, uh, pulling players back. I think Zanzala was kind of like proper, kind of not halted in his tracks, but certainly slowed down by a shirt pull sometimes when he's trying to break into the box. I also just wanted to make a little side comment about Sanzala's injury, which is unfortunately the sort of player that he is. He is going to pick up knocks along the way. And especially when you're going to be playing Saturdays and Tuesdays, it's going to be difficult maybe for if he takes a big kick 
in the shin and it swells up, it's going to be difficult for him to get into the starting lineup on the Tuesday and get that swelling down. He's just yeah. going to be taking a couple more knocks than most of his teammates are because that's the sort of player he is and he takes on the role with his heart. That's enough for the match report, to be completely honest. I think we've done pretty well out of a nil-nil draw there. I think we, I'm getting pretty good at nil-nil draw match reports. <laughs> uh, I, I, I honestly hope I don't have to do another one until the end of the season. Uh, do, you, do you have a man of the match for us, Will? A Foxy's feature man of the match you'd like to nominate? Yeah, I'll, I think I'll go with um, Jack Armour. Just yeah. uh, I mean, nobody particularly stood out, but it was just the fact that it's you know it was another solid game for him. Yeah, that's what Jack I've got Armour. written down as well. That's what I've got written down as well, mate. Yeah, Jack Armour. I think uh, nobody necessarily stood out, like you said, yeah. as having a fantastic performance. But I think Patrick was causing them problems, but mm-hmm. of course he was taken off. Uh, yeah. I I might have left him on, and he might have had a much changing contribution to make. I think that's a really good call, actually, Will. I think we needed that sort of player who can take the ball, run with the ball, has the belief in himself to create a goal. If he has to do it on his own back, he'll at least try. And yeah. um, I think Toure is a goal scorer, um, a bit more of a, of a poacher, though. I don't necessarily think uh, he's more of a give and go player for me. He should be, Toure should be in the box more often yeah. than he isn't in the box. I think he's a box striker. And I yeah. think Patrick's uh, more of a flair. Um, inside forward, that kind of player. Yeah, I think Toure needs other people around him as well. I don't think Toure can play a, you know, an isolated position in the way that um, Patrick. I mean, Patrick can go forward on his own. Sometimes yeah. he kind of like the other players don't keep up with him. Um, Zanzala will happily just stand around in the in the attacking third and just put himself about when there's no one else about there. Um, I think. Toure's best games have been when we've had more of a proper front three, where three players are all kind of sniffing around the box. Uh, you know, I, I, Alessandra tends to sit a bit deeper. So, I think fallouts from the game is that Carlisle, for the third time in a row, missed an opportunity to get into the playoff positions. Yeah. When you add up the points like that, it does sound pretty bad. It, it does make us sound a bit like a bottle job <laughs> when, you, when you stack up the results and the opportunities that we've had to get into those playoff positions and maybe make it a solid position as well. You know, we could be inside the playoffs with a couple of points to spare, uh, but yeah. unfortunately not to be. And also... Um, just a little bit disappointed not to be able to pick up those points, but it's nowhere near over. We went down to 10th, which, to be honest, doesn't really make that much of a difference when it comes to um, where Newport and Forest Green are in the league. Newport obviously have that game uh, that they've played ahead of us. So you would imagine, unfortunately, what football fans do when they see a game in hand is they automatically give themselves the points. And um, I'm doing that here. So you'd imagine Carlisle can at least leapfrog Late Norient pretty easily. Exeter have a couple of tough games coming round the corner and Carlisle have a lot of mid-table teams. And then Bolton as well, obviously, which will be... Yeah, we've still got Cheltenham to come as well. That's it. I think Cheltenham, though, I think they're kind of... um, Hopefully, by the time we get to Cheltenham, they've already secured themselves uh, promotion and we don't 
have the same sort of fierce yeah. Cheltenham side that other teams have had to play this season. I'd like that to happen. Mm. I would have liked that to happen with Bolton as well, but that's not yeah. what's happened with Bolton either. They seem to have fallen away <laughs> from the league. Opportunities missed to get into the playoffs, mate. Uh, have you got anything that you'd like to add about any of our playoff rivals? Any games to maybe look out for the result of uh, tonight or or uh, going into the weekend? Tonight, Bradford versus Tramia might be an interesting one because Tramia might slip into kind of the point where they're fighting to stay in the playoffs. You know, they've kind of been on a bit of iffy form. Bradford City, uh, you know, they'll win one, lose one. They're quite inconsistent. And they're below us at the moment. And, you know, they are quite kind of close to us in the league. But as long as we stay ahead of them, that's fine. Uh, Elsewhere, Forest Green and Exeter City play each other. So uh, Forest Green... One of the one through the week or last weekend, after a really poor run of form, uh, it was a bit disappointing really to see them win. But um, <laughs> you know, there's always there's always someone loses a game and then kind of we find ourselves not out of it yet. So we're now only two points from the playoffs, despite a bit of a iffy run of form for ourselves. But Forest Green Exeter, two teams above us. Would we want a draw there, or would we want one of those teams to get beat there? That's for... what I was about to ask you. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. I was I was sort of looking at it and thinking, do you want them to draw? Um, and it makes Carlisle's position maybe a little bit more difficult if Forest Green beat Exeter, then they kind of secured themselves that playoff position, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it just leaves that one gap. Uh, for yeah. playoffs in, the, but like you said, we don't know if Tranmere might fall away. Yeah, just, I mean, so few games left. You know, there's yeah. so few games left. The margin for error is so small coming into these last stages of the season. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna make one of those. Yeah, I mean, Tranmere are one of those games that have played uh, one of those teams that have played 42 games as well, and so I think that probably best for us would be. Let Forest Green win. With Forest Green win, they'll move up to 68 points. Mm-hmm. Um, if if we win, we move up to 63 points. So Forest Green will be out of reach. But if Newport, you know, Forest Green beat Exeter and we win, we can go above them. And if Newport lose, we can go above them. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'd rather just see, you know, if we're going to get into the playoffs, get into the playoffs Today and if I got pick my results, uh, and that Forest Green beat Exeter, um, yeah. Newport could lose to who are they playing? Crawley, mm. don't know. Crawley, everyone's inconsistent, really. Yeah. Um, and Bradford to beat Tramia. Start kind of like making Tramia a bit more catchable. Yeah, it's 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 quite an exciting countdown to the end of the season. I'm I'm really enjoying the sort of the way that the league table has shaped up and the way that we've mm. gone up and down in way of form. I mean, was that that's six games with without a loss now for the Cumbrians? I think Port Vale made it seven for themselves and also equaled some kind of hundred year old record. Uh, no, the would have if they'd won. Ah, right. Okay, it was a winning streak. Was it? Was that the yeah. record? Ah, okay, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily pay that much attention to the opposition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, I mate, I feel like we've had, we've had a good sort of. How long has it been? To be honest, we've had a good, we've had a good um, 
We can talk about the European Super League, but I think we've probably we've probably got enough to be completely honest. <laughs> uh, you want to save that one for another I one? Might, I might do a European Super League episode over the summer if uh, uh, if you're up for if you're up for helping me with the um, the summer program and doing a couple yeah, of uh, episodes see what the across fallout. the summer. See, see what the fallout for it is. You know. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's not enough information yet. Yeah, it might end up not going ahead. We don't know, um, but. It might be fun just to talk about it as as that freak distant memory and the reason why six teams in England have minus 20 points. (laughs) Yeah. What what do Tottenham think they're going to gain by joining it? What, so they can just finish? (laughs) What's going on, mate? I just don't, I don't get it. I just, I do not get it. Why do some of these teams feel like they're self-entitled just to automatically qualify for a Champions League position when they haven't done so consistently for the last 10 years? I know. I look at Arsenal, look at Man United, look at Tottenham. How often do they actually qualify for a Champions League space? Like it's not every single year. They can't they can't justify stamping their rights to to do it every single year. It's just unbelievably fucking messed up, man. It's unbelievably yeah. messed up. I mean, and kind it, of what we don't know yet is how it's going to fit in amongst all the other stuff. Because I mean, supposedly this is going to be happening as well as the Champions League and of course the Premier League and everything else still going on. So, I mean, where clubs are going to fit in these games to play in this many games, you know. And I guess, the, I mean, as well, the thing that people sort of expect is that they're going to leave the Premier League, which mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what most people are assuming. Yeah. That they're not going to leave the Premier League next season, but that this is like the door open to... Like uh, Premier League, uh, La Liga, we don't need you anymore. Serie A, and it's bold. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's bloody bold, mate. It's 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 uh it's, it's as as far as football goes, it's it's ground shattering. It's uh, it's earth shaking. It's the impact of it is going to be huge. I feel like we've we've done like a nice little teaser there. Um, <laughs> I feel I think we don't need to talk about any more of it on the recording, Will. So I'm going to say thank you very much for joining me for this match report. And we're going to see you again tomorrow morning. And we're going to talk about tonight's game. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have have any predictions for tonight's game? Well, I think I'm just going to go with optimism at the moment. And I think (laughs) I'm just going to say 2-1 to Carlisle. Let's Ah. let's have it. Um, Yeah, let's have it. I mean, it's, it's a big occasion. It's a big stadium. And I have to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, As far as Carlisle United, Bolton, go I would have loved to have went to the Reebok I currently live in Manchester that would have been a really fun Tuesday night for me and I'm sure I would have been able to see a lot of you guys travel to Bolton because you've got such a large away end and you can't fill the stadium on their own so they're quite happy to sell as many away (laughs) tickets as they possibly can Uh, right after winding up the Bolton Wanderers fans I'm going to say Carlisle United are going to win free nil against Bolton. I think Bolton are going to go to ribbons. I think they are going to fall apart. (laughs) They are not going to be able to cope with our fullbacks pinging balls into hopefully Zanzala and Kiyodi and uh, Alessandra. Uh, For me, it's 3-0 to Carlisle United. (laughs) (laughs) So, Will, thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, Skelly. And uh, I'll give you a call tomorrow morning and we'll do this again. (laughs) (laughs) Bye for now. Bye.
How are you feeling today, mate? You all right? Yeah, not bad, you. Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. I know we lost, but I feel like it was a better game than the nil-nil draw was. Yeah, I mean, Bolton were a decent team, so it wasn't like... I think we just um, we just looked tired and, you know, it's been a long season and we've been playing Sunday, Tuesday for a while now. And because, you know, we weren't getting to the second balls, which th- that was the thing we did a lot earlier on this season. We kind of like always got to every second ball. Yeah, it was it was just a just that little bit lacking. Yeah, you're right. Probably tired legs, actually. Now you've said it, it makes a lot of sense. Like just a lot of tired legs on the pitch on that particular night. Yeah, obviously, you've, and they've travelled as well, haven't they? So that always has a little bit of a factor yeah. involved, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they haven't <laughs> really travelled far. But... No, that's true. That's true, actually. But even still, if you're tired, you can't be asked getting on a bus for like two and a half hours, can you? Like, I mean, I can't mm. be asked travelling if I'm fucking already tired or whatever cramped up yeah. um it was all right though it was all right I, I i quite enjoyed it to be fair it was nice having a look at the um the university of bolton stadium how the mighty has fallen stadium um <laughs> yeah yeah i doubt they're paying I the mean, same price reebok were paying a couple of years ago oh <laughs> uh, yeah for them naming rights for the stadium, but uh, but there you go. To be fair, they, they seem to be looking after it pretty well because it's not. It, it'll be getting up there now in years. The old the old uh, University of Bolton Stadium, like yeah, well, like... <laughs> so it lovely. Oh, Reet Maris, welcome back for the match report for Carlisle versus Bolton. Your starting lineup for Carlisle versus Bolton is as follows: Farman in goal, Tanner Hayden. Met- Donald and Armour in the back line. Riley, Guy and Mellish in the midfield. Coyote, Alessandra and Patrick all playing up front. Now, I just want to have a little uh, word about the starting lineup and the sort of players that were on the bench. Wills, you're joining me again for the match report. Um, as we mentioned, uh, right, probably scary. Leading, leading into the Port Vale thing. It's nice to have you again. Can I get your opinions on, is this the end for Chedwin Scott? Do you think he's just not going to get a chance and he's just going to let him go at the end of the season without getting a sniff? I don't know. I mean, he might be one for next season. You know, he might be just, to, you know, to come to professional football from where he's been. I know he had a spell with Newcastle's Academy, but... To, to go from there, he was a heaven town. And in the middle of the season, you know, maybe he's not going to be up to speed with league football. And, you know, maybe that's what Beach expected. Maybe he's a signing for the future. I think, you know, I think we've got a good chance of seeing him next season and maybe he'll feature him a little bit more. Think of him more like you'd think of a lad coming through through the um, youth team or something, even though he is a bit older. Yeah, that's fair enough. I would like to see him play. And uh, if, if that turns out to be the case, I'd be quite happy with that. It'd be disappointing if he gets released without uh, without having a proper opportunity to play, uh, play 90 mm. minutes anywhere up and down the season. Um, so, Alessandra was playing in the centre of the attack. He was leading the line, uh, Coyote being pushed out wide and Alessandro being preferred to sort of um, push uh, and lead the line. I think he had a pretty good game. Obviously, he's not as uh, big and physical as Zanzala, um, but I think Alessandro did a, did, a, did quite a good job of leading the line. Did you, did you like the way that he played and started the game? We started quite well. Yeah, yeah, I think Alessandro had a good game and he's quite good in that role. Did end up, I think, lacking 
much of a, a, a killer touch because we didn't have someone like Sanzala and Coyote still kind of coming back to fitness. So um can't criticise Alessandra, but I think the the loss of a presence up front like Coyote, uh, like Zanzala and switching to Alessandra's sort of deep-sitting, passing play, probably kind of taken a little bit of the sting out. I mean, we haven't scored in three games, so we definitely lost some of the sting. Yeah, I think they're fair comments, mate. So, talking about maybe having a lack of uh, options, maybe, when it comes to making substitutions, I think maybe Dickinson might have been given the opportunity to maybe play on the left and then push Coyote inside, maybe, if he was fit. And maybe we could have seen a different uh, lineup. but obviously injuries over the last couple of weeks are playing their part in the team. And talking about um, chopping and changing things because of injuries, McDonald went down very early in the game, and we saw Anderton come in and play centre-back. Now, I just want to give a quick nod to Liam from Blue Army TV on the YouTube channel. He suggested, I think two weeks ago, when McDonald was going through a little poor turn of form and we didn't really have any other options for the centre-back position, that we should give Anderton the opportunity to play at centre-back and maybe that'll sort of reignite his passion and uh, the captaincy and and maybe uh, maybe he'll be better off playing at centre-back. I think he had a really good game and if uh, unfortunately if McDonald is injured for the Saturday game and we end up seeing Anderton play centre-back again... I don't think I'm going to be that worried. How do you feel that Nick Anderton did at centre-back? Yeah, he, he, he had a good game. And because it's not his natural position, I wouldn't necessarily expect him to keep on having good games there. You know, he might kind of like show, you know, if he has to continue playing there over the next few weeks, he might have some moments where you can see that, you know, left-back's his preferred position. Rob McDonald went down with... Some kind of strain. He was um, just off the ball, pulled up, sat down on the pitch. Uh, that's worrying, considering that Reese Bennett and uh, Morgan Feeney are both out. So you know we're going to end up with three centre backs out injured. Uh, looks potential. Um, We've not so, had a lot of luck at centre back when it comes to no. injuries this year. Yeah, and you know it's probably you know probably all kind of can be related in a way to fitness problems in general that we've had, you know, um, with coronavirus affecting fitness and then the amount of games we're having to play in short success and affecting fitness. You know, it just seems that, especially when, you know, you mentioned Brennan Dickinson as well, and would, you know, would be good to have him available in this run-in, but sadly we won't. And you don't know, um, is Zanzala going to be out for further games? They yeah, seem to be holding that ideal. card pretty close to the chest, don't they, uh, when it comes to injuries yeah. at the moment? They seem to be playing the cards very close to their chest. Fair enough. You know, you don't want to give your opponents any kind of inkling. Now, Bolton had a lad on loan from West Ham. Uh, the number 30, I'm going to try and say his name as correctly as I can, Athen Fulian. Athen Folan. Um, what a player. What is he doing in League Two? The first time he picked up the ball, you could just see the quality seeping from his soul. It's one of those loan signings 
that a lot of teams in League Two wouldn't have the opportunity to make. But because Bolton are such a large team, even though they're up north, they can still bring players on loan from London and uh, bring in some real quality loan signings in the form of Premier League uh, youth academy members or reserve team players. And um, he was a very, very exciting player on the pitch. I really enjoyed watching the Bolton number 30 when he picked up the ball. Unfortunately, it was the Bolton number 30 who broke through the Carlisle defence. He sort of uh, picked up the ball and went round George Tanner. He was the bane of Tanner's existence for the game. He hit the ball as true and as straight as I've seen someone hit a ball in a very long time. Um, It's sort of like glazed across the greasy surface they had there um, at the Bolton Stadium. And um, I think Owen Doyle, who was on the receiving end of the rebound, probably couldn't believe his luck as the ball rebounded and pretty much just hit his foot and ended up going back (laughs) into the goal. It was a little bit more complicated than that, maybe. I should give him a little bit more credit. Unfortunate goal. I don't think necessarily the way Bolton were playing warranted uh, a goal just at that point of the game. I think Carlisle were maybe uh, just getting the grips into the game and having a good uh, bit of an attack. The long throws seem to be causing a little bit of issues for Bolton and Bolton seem to have got the goal maybe against the run of play might be fair to say. Have you got any comments about that goal? I just feel like it's an unlucky one with the, with the way that the ball rebounded. I don't know. It seemed like uh, Bolton was starting to turn the screw and step up a gear at that point. Um, I mean, the way the goal itself came with the ball hitting the post and the rebound, we can maybe claim that it was a bit unlucky in that. But the the general kind of passage of play beforehand, it seemed like Bolton were stepping up a gear. Um, yeah, maybe before that, uh, we'd probably had the best chance of the game, Coyote. Still looks like he should have scored with that header, but um, we seem I, I don't think that our throwings were causing them that much trouble. They had Santos at the back who was just heading everything clear, Santos and Baptiste. Yeah, Baptiste has got a lot of experience at this level, yeah. And for a team that are supposedly weak on set pieces, they seem to kind of command the box during our set pieces really, you know, really well. Um, they had Jilks in goal as well who's a big old unit so he was very commanding in his area so yeah I don't know I just I don't think it was really the game for what we were trying to do but perhaps injuries have kind of forced us into that position where it's the only you know it's the thing we've got the players to do and the players have got the fitness to do yeah. Now I've watched it back a few times uh, on, on the for the goal and I am adamant that Doyle is offside when the shot was taken. I am absolutely adamant. I've seen it about three or four times and Doyle is offside. It is not a goal. Doyle is about half a yard offside, if not a full yard offside when the number 30 takes the shot. Um, And it made me think about maybe uh, what we were talking about in the last match report wasn't necessarily that the referees are all poor, but maybe the lack of help from the linesman on some occasions. It just isn't forthcoming whatsoever. I've seen the replay back about four or five times and I'm absolutely adamant that Doyle was offside when the shot was taken. Um, And to further criticise the referee, after Carlisle went down 1-0, they weren't shell-shocked. They went right back on the attack. Uh, We were long throws and free kicks and corners galore. And we were trying to cause uh, a bit of trouble. There was a moment from a deep free kick 
uh, where Bolton vaguely cleared their lines. Patrick found a very good ball um, into the box, which was uh, headed into the path of Anderton, who hit a shot and it definitely hit the arm of a Bolton defender. So uh, sometimes you see them given and sometimes you don't. I believe it was Baptiste whose, uh, whose arm it hit and the commentator tried to pass it off as being a thigh. It definitely wasn't a thigh. It was an arm. But sometimes you see them given and sometimes you don't. Unlucky, I feel, as Carlisle went into half-time, to be completely honest. I felt a bit hard done by going into half-time 1-0 down. I think a draw would have been a fairer reflection. Not that Carlisle's play had necessarily warranted a goal. I don't think we were playing fantastically well. But at half-time, I personally felt a little bit short-changed by the results. And um, I was hoping, obviously, we'd come out into the second half with a bit of a firework up our ass. How did you feel... Going into half time, do you think we could have it within us to turn the game around? One goal, um, it definitely you definitely knew that we were capable of getting a of getting an equaliser. Not sure if I maybe kind of thought at that point that a win was beyond us. We haven't picked up many points from losing positions at all this season, and the best we've seemed to be able to do is is to get a draw. It seemed it seemed like it was doable though, because you know, you look back at that Coyote chance, it only takes one good chance. And, you know, we had kind of like kept Bolton at arm's length for a lot of the first half, just kind of letting them in for the goal and I think a couple of other chances. I mean, it's really difficult to say if that's offside or not. I think if it had been in the Premier League, VAR would have had a look at it and could have gone either way. I don't know if you saw the match against um, Arsenal, against, uh, was it West Ham? Uh, um, not West Ham, it was, but there was a couple of really kind of like Fulham, and there were a couple of kind of like really close VAR calls in that. I think Arsenal had a goal disallowed because a striker's toenail was offside or something. Yeah. And then <laughs> they looked at and then they looked at VAR again. Fulham rewarded a penalty. And it looked the two decisions that they looked at for VAR, the Fulham penalty and the Arsenal goal, they both looked pretty much level. And, you, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between those two offside decisions. But in VAR, they're like, the Arsenal goal's disallowed because he's a tiny bit offside. And just a couple of millimetres in it, probably the Fulham uh, striker when Fulham rewarded the penalty is just and so onside. That's probably the kind of margins that we'd be looking at if this was a goal that was decided on VAR. Be one of those things where it would go one way or the other. Nobody, well, the team that didn't get the decision their way would be very unhappy about it. Is sure. what it is. I mean, well, that's it. I don't think is. I, I don't think we can argue that that Doyle hasn't been first to the ball on merit there, and that yeah. you know he's not gained an advantage by being if he is a tiny bit offside. 
you know, he's still kind of the first to react to the rebound and gets his reward for doing that. Yeah, true. It's fun to play devil's advocate, though. <laughs> <laughs> so coming out of halftime, uh, things were a little bit choppy. Uh, it's a little bit sloppy at the start as uh, both teams are trying to find a hook in the game again. Bolton trying to press for that security of a second goal and Carlisle obviously trying to fight their way into the game. There was an odd challenge by uh, Joe Riley getting booked for leaving a trailing foot on former Carlisle man Geffen Jones. Uh, Jones got up and then double-handed pushed Riley. Now, in my opinion, that's a yellow card for everybody because the tackle gets a yellow card. And if you put your hands on another player, that gets a yellow card. So I really don't know what's going on with these referees. It was right in front of his face. This isn't acceptable in the Premier League. If Riley wanted to make a meal of it and drop to the ground, that would have been a red card. Do you know what I'm saying? I just don't don't understand what these referees are necessarily watching sometimes. Do you think if one player puts his hands on another player like that, both hands, double shove, that should be a yellow card, right? Is that just me? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think like referees are often a bit willing to let those things go if they think that it was a yellow card. I don't think it was a particularly dirty foul by Riley. It was just a bit late. Um, And, you know, maybe referees are thinking of situations where there has been a bit of a nasty hack and the player who's been hacked will respond by pushing back a little bit. And I can understand referees wanting to let that go and not wanting to start brandishing yellow cards about uh, for things like that, for that particular incident, yeah, I, I don't think that. I think that I think that the shove on Riley was a bit of a overreaction to. Yeah, I don't think it was necessary. You know, yeah, yeah, I don't think it was necessary for them to be a, to have that kind of reaction, and I think there should have been a yellow card involved. To be completely honest, because he he overreacted to the challenge, and Riley was already probably going to get in, in the book anyway. Um, moving on from that incident there, further into the game, Afan Fula, um, I'm probably saying his name wrong, and I do apologise, the Bolton number 30 on loan from West Ham uh, was further torturing George Tanner. There was a suspicion that Tanner maybe brought him down in the box, so Carlisle maybe got away with one on that occasion. Obviously, I want to be fair, so I've mentioned that. Uh, no need to discuss it. Um, Patrick was having a very good second half, in my opinion. Um, he was linking up the play very well. One of the better performances across a half an hour period for Patrick uh, before he was unfortunately substituted off the pitch. What did you think of Patrick's performance in the second half? I thought he was very classy. I thought he was having a great game. Uh, yeah, it, it was spirited. I can see where it came off, though. It doesn't seem like there was much end product to the uh, to his play on that day, and maybe that's because Anzala's not there, so he's getting into positions, but nobody's keeping up with him. I, I don't think he had a bad game. I don't think he had one of his better games either. Yeah, OK, mate. <laughs> Uh, there was chances. There was chances oh, I mean, we're allowed to disagree. There was chances for Alessandra, Cody, and Mellish. 
probably Cody needed to get that extra yard and he would have got his foot to the ball after I think Patrick turned and swiveled. And there was a low sort of daisy cutting uh, ball into the box. It would have been nice to have seen Coyote scrap that one home. Mellish probably making the wrong decision, shooting the ball to, into the front post of the goalkeeper from an almost impossible angle. And quite similar from uh, Luis uh, Alessandro when he had his chance, he maybe should have looked to pull it back. But Unfortunately, it wasn't to be for Carlisle at that moment and they kept pushing late on into the game and I love it when a goalkeeper goes forward for a corner in football and it was great to see Farman go forward for a corner. It really made uh, the whole game for that last sort of like four or five minutes um, feel a bit nervy, didn't it, once the goalkeeper went up? It, it gives a different atmosphere. It shows the sort of importance from the bench. And uh, maybe I didn't realise that this was a, a must-win or a must-get-a-point sort of game. I thought we still got enough games left not to have to risk the goalkeeper going forward necessarily. But it was quite exciting to see Farman go forward. Uh, there was another... Uh, suspicion of handball later on in the game probably uh, would have been harsh to have given that hard ball. All in all, not a bad performance from Carlisle United on the night. Unlucky to go down 1-0 after a spirited performance. If you could sum up Carlisle's performance in three words, Will, what would three words would you use to sum up that uh, 97 minutes of Carlisle football? <laughs> Game Put too far. Spot, yeah. Game just too getting far. A bit tired, yeah. Well, well played. That yeah, was just that kind of like that. past that point, bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. Us, I mean, I can see us kind of going on a good winning run now. You know, pressure's maybe off a bit, and we're playing teams like we've got Walsall last, we've got Leighton Orient, who still uh, kind of fighting for playoffs. I mean, two of my least favorite teams. You know, are they? We yeah, could go like on a them. good winning run now and finish mm -hmm. the season. You know, finish the season well. But I kind of feel that five points behind, unless you know the teams above us run into bad form again, we could finish the season quite well. Still, probably wouldn't be able to get into the playoffs. Yeah, it's I mean, unfortunate, got, mate. Yeah, we've got twelve points to fight for. Leighton Orient do only have. Nine points to fight for, but yeah, we've got 12 points to fight for and five points to make up. So you're looking at making up about two points a game. Yeah, it's a lot to ask, especially one on this and current a half, form with so few yeah, options. One and a half points a game, maybe. If we continue, enough McDonald's out, um, if Sanzala doesn't back, we, you know, we are kind of looking a little bit threadbare at the moment. Yeah. Um, Bolton, obviously, are a team that do not belong at this level of football. The players that they can attract uh, just isn't on par with 95% of the teams at this level of the game. Their budgets are obviously astronomical compared to a lot of the teams in and around the playoff area. They're a freak of nature to be in this division. And all in all, I think Carlisle had quite a good performance. If I was going to give my Foxy's feature man of the match to anyone in particular, I am probably going to give it to Anderton for stepping up uh, at that centre-back position. It was, a, it was an improvised position. I think he did all that was asked of him. And I think he had quite a good game and he should be encouraged. What do you think for a man of the match, Will? Um, I, I would give man of the match to Callum Guy. Okay. I think he... 
just had one of these kind of like usual solid games where he's putting through and creating a threat. Oh, well, okay, yeah, fair enough. I'll be honest, he was he was one of those players that went under the radar a little bit for me on this occasion. I think Riley probably had the uh, the more controversial game, shall we say? I suppose he would make the headlines with that little tackle and and whatnot. Um, and I think he had a good opportunity uh, earlier on in the game where uh, he, he he had a shot deflected. But yeah, I mean, Callum Guy's always consistent, isn't he? Um, the set piece delivery we've, yeah. we've mentioned many times before. Uh, his array of passing the way that he can tackle and his statistics are there to be seen by absolutely everybody. So, Will, uh, I want to thank you very much for bearing with me this week. It's been a difficult week for Carlisle fans, hasn't it? Uh, A draw and a loss. It wasn't the best week to be doing match reports, was it, mate? (laughs) (laughs) I think think the idea maybe going forward might be for us to uh, run away from match reports and try and go into more of a discussion-based couple of mates just talking in general about the football team and hopefully exhausting some of the new contacts that we now have for the Blue Army podcast. There's a couple of ex-pros that might want to jump on board and talk to us for a little bit, just in general, about Carlisle United and things like that. So that's quite exciting going forward. And I think we're going to end up changing the format going into next season. So we don't have boring shows like this where we get to talk about Carlisle losing and drawing (laughs) nil-nil. a lot less effort to make it interesting if maybe we had an ex-player's perspective on things. I'm going to put you on the spot now, mate. If you could pluck any player from Carlisle's history, or even right now, and put him on the Blue Army podcast with me and you next season to give us insight and player analysis, who would you like to sit down and chat with? Jabbo, I think. Yeah, Jabbo. I'm gonna try hard. I like Jabbo. Jabbo's good. <laughs> Jabbo's good. Cracky. Um, he'll 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 talk for ages. He, he likes to talk. <laughs> I think so. He's a hard man to get hold of. He doesn't have a lot of social media links, uh, unfortunately. But yeah. I am going to try hard. I'm going to email the club, and uh, we'll 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 see if we can get that working. Because he seems like an absolutely lovely bloke, and I'm sure he would have five or ten minutes just to jump on Zoom with us and and have a little crack with us about football for five or ten minutes. I'm sure he would. Rito, mate, uh, that was a good teaser. Um, I'm also going to tease the fact that we have our first interview in the bag. It is recorded. It is going to be going out after the football season happens. There is a summer programme schedule sort of thing that I am putting together which will feature some interviews with some ex-Carlisle United pros. Hopefully an interview with a a current Carlisle United player as well. Uh, I've been messaging backwards and forwards with one of those guys. Exciting times ahead. We're going to get the Prawn Sandwich podcast boys in and we're going to maybe do an England episode episode i'd like to have you in there for that one will since uh i'm going to be outnumbered yeah. three to one it'd be nice to have you in there with your england-based opinions do you have uh do you have any england-based opinions a, you care about england that much is there any international competitions happening this summer uh it's 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 supposed to be the the winter next winter is supposed to be the qatar world cup isn't it next they're going to winter. be doing it over over the winter um so, uh, yeah no euros uh, or something to- I think we've got some Euros to look forward to, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not okay. sure what's going on. To be honest, it's all it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. But um, I mean, I've got in my head the perfect yeah. way to have been able to play Skulls, Beckham, 
Gerard and Lampard in the same England squad. And I think that would be quite fun content for me to explain how Get I would have done. Oh, mate, <laughs> I'm not going to ruin it now, mate. I'm not going to ruin it now, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've sol- I solved the issue, mate. I solved the issue. And everyone can look forward to but, listening to But you to are me. the man. Yeah. <laughs> everyone can look forward to me solving that issue in <laughs> retrospect with the prawn you sandwich are, lads are the manager Sven Goran Eriksson yeah the, you mate, are the I'm... manager that Sven Goran Eriksson could have been that's it mate <laughs> I, I, I should have been Torg I look like it's, it's number two I should have been there mate that's what I should have been I should have been at the World Cup it's unfortunate I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a little teaser I'll give you a little teaser about how I did it yeah Diamond Little teaser there for you. What kind of diamond? A wide <laughs> diamond? A narrow diamond? Eh? What kind of diamond? Well, you'll find out over the summer. Will, thank you very much for so joining mean, me. Does that mean you've got Gary Neville playing wing back? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. We'll find out, won't we? <laughs> Be better than Danny Mills. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, that's controversial. I think you should see if Danny Mills wants to come on and respond to that. <laughs> he probably will. He'll take any opportunity to get behind the microphone, that man. <laughs> big words. big. <laughs> come and get me, Danny. Come and get me. <laughs> Thank you it's very much for joining. Be like on, a it's going to be like a Graham Sooness, Paul Pogba kind of feud. <laughs> I just won't even be on his radar. I'll just be giving him jip and he'll be, he won't even recognise I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm so far off his radar, mate. There's no way that he's going to care if I start sending him jip, mate. He really won't. Unless people want to start uh, tweeting him uh, or something like that to get the ball rolling. I really don't mind, mate. I'd I'd love a bit of controversy. (laughs) Let's get some column inches for the podcast. I'm I'm going to have some targets. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining me for the Bolton Report. I think I'm going to have you back next week as well mate um if you had a choice between the harrogate game and the and the cheltenham game which game would you like to come back for if you're available what dates are those harrogate and cheltenham. uh, harrogate's the saturday um, cheltenham's the tuesday harrogate's friday no no oh, yes it is no, um, it's what's going on no 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 it's cambridge <laughs> so yeah it's next saturday yeah. or the um i i'd prefer to do the tuesday all right, beautiful. Well, we'll see Will again for the Tuesday match report on Cheltenham Town, which is uh, probably going to be a tough game again. But we're not scared of tough games, me and Will. We're seasoned veterans by this point. This has been episode 14. I haven't decided who my loud and local feature is going to be today. Will, thank you very much for joining me for the Bolton Report and obviously the Port Vale Report. It's been a tough week for us, but I've really enjoyed your company, mate. Thanks for coming. All right, thanks for having me. And I'll <laughs> see you after the Cheltenham game. That's it, mate. I'll see you after the Cheltenham game. That's it from us. That's another week. This has been episode 14. Bye for now. All right, Maras, it's me, your host, Skelly. Thanks very much for joining us for episode 14. Just want to introduce this week's loud and local featured band. It's Mirror Trash with their song, Holdy. Beautiful. Thanks very much. Ta-ra, see you next week. Bye for now.
Hello, Skelly again. Just wanted to do a quick swear warning before uh, you hung around for the blooper reel, if you indeed did hang around. Anyway, thanks very much if you did hang around and enjoyed the blooper reel. Um, a lot of swearing in the blooper reel this week. All right, thanks again. Yeah, not bad. Oh, man, fucking hell. Just been having, having fun listening to, like, random beats and trying to write, like, little, little bars and stuff. I came up, I, I found this track called uh, Five Fingers of Death. Yeah. And, like, the, the, beat, the beat slightly changes, like, every minute. It just goes into, like, a different, like, little beat. But it's still got, like, a similar background edge. And uh, I've, I've, so far, I've so far came up with three, three different monsters I can talk about. And I'm going to try and come up with some more bars for another sort of monster. And I'm going to have this little rap thing about five different types of monsters, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, it just started over there. Creepy little girl floating down the fucking hallway. <laughs> Creepy little bitch, put the motherfucking ball away. <laughs> <laughs> no motherfucker, I don't want to come and play. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he was just coming to me. He was just coming yeah. to me. <laughs> With the words just spilling out. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were. And when the beat changed for Bigfoot, it was like more angry and like faster. And it was like, hairy motherfucker walking through the fucking woods. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to find the motherfucker if you could. <laughs> <laughs> Man, fucking hell. How have you been? Yeah, not bad. How have you been? Uh, mate, I've had a wild one with work this week, I'll be honest with you. Like, I had, yeah. uh, I've had two chefs come in that I've been training. And like one of them's getting good. Like One of them's got a learning curve in him. You can see it. Uh, yeah. got the other lad the other lad came in last night and he was meant to be in for a three-hour trial shift. And he only lasted an hour and a half uh, before I got sick of him. Like. Was he... <laughs> There's no room in the kitchen for somebody that can't keep up, mate. You know what I mean? And yeah. just somebody that's not paying attention. There's just, you, you slow things down. You know what I mean? When you, you, get, you get relied upon to do like, even just the simplest of things, like um, put the right seasoning on, on the right, on the right thing. Do you know what I mean? And you can, you can break it down and you can break it down and you can simplify mm. it and you can simplify it. But when somebody's not paying attention, mate, they're just not paying attention. <laughs> are you ready to rock and roll yeah yeah all right okay i will start with the carlisle united lineups but uh yeah um, that's how, that's how we do things here <laughs> um, yeah counters in and i'll press record all right okay no worries uh, uh you ready three yeah. two one boff <laughs> Goal, we had the reliable Dean Farmer, <laughs> Paul Farman. Why do I keep doing that? What a terrible start. What a terrible start. Let's start again. <laughs> in, in, in goal. At least the blooper reel is going to be quite big this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, hello. Just wanted to do a blooper. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.